Hey, Steven, we got to figure out an intro to the podcast. That works. Hello, everybody, and thank you for listening to another episode of the No Fluff MSP Marketing Podcast. Today, I'm super excited to bring a fairly timely um I don't usually do timely stuff, but this one is so important that I'm like, I got to get Jeannie and David on the podcast. Jeannie has uh, been on the podcast with us before when we talked cloud a few months ago, and that's like one of our top five listen to episodes. And I hear from members all the time that they liked it. So I was like, okay, perfect. Jeannie will be great to bring on as well as David, who is uh, the other um, founder of cloud services for MSPs. So without further ado, I want to just give a quick intro Jeannie, David, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Welcome back, Jeannie. Um, we're just super excited to have you. Yeah, we're excited too, actually. Yep, thanks, Tar. No problem. So before we dive into the nitty gritty, um, can you all just give us a quick overview of what it is that your company does? How do you serve MSPs? Kind of like the, the overview before we dive in. Yeah, sure. Um, so basically, we um, help MSPs to put their customers' infrastructure or virtualize their customer servers and put them into the cloud. Um, we were actually built from a very successful MSP uh, that started ugh, about 37 years ago. So we've been around for a long, long time. Um, and we started our focus, uh, Tahar and Cloud, about over 20 years ago. And people that get this whole story can go back to the other episode that we had because we talked about this in a lot more detail. But we were able to increase our monthly recurring revenue by over six figures with Cloud. Um, and this is how we became, uh, you know, pretty much cloud services for MSP. So we're here to service the MSP channel. Um, we have a hosting service, and then we also have an academy, which I know we'll get into a little bit later, um, that helps MSPs to learn how and why uh, to sell cloud, as well as campaigns, marketing kits, all sorts of things to help them uh, get their customers into the cloud. Nice. And then David, your role there? I'm on the technical side, so I'm a network engineer, and I do all of the, uh, well, not all of it, but a lot of the technical planning and helping MSPs that maybe don't know how to put those servers into the cloud or what's required to do it, migrating um, existing servers, those kinds of things. Nice. Jeannie, your role? Uh, I am uh, sales and marketing, but I'm also going to say that David's being very modest. He is like like the go-to cloud person in the world. I'm just telling you, he knows everything, everything. He, about he really is. Like yeah. our whole peer group's just like David. Whether it's like Power BI, yep. you know, stuff, or 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 even like coding things, or obviously <laughs> moving to the cloud. Everyone's just like, just call David. Exactly. Just call David. <laughs> Exactly. And he's there calmly walking us through the process. We're like, oh, David, David's got us. Um, and then uh, y'all only serve the channel, right? Like obviously the name cloud service from MSPs. It's like y'all sell through MSPs. Is that that right? is correct. We only so, serve the channel. Mm -hmm. that, that's a huge differentiator for you guys for sure. Because I know I see all the time ads from, Azure and, and AWS directly to end users. And it's just, you know, not, 
not the biggest problem in the world, but it's nice to have like a channel focused company. That's not just one of the behemoths. Um, so we've got a big topic today. Um, server 2012 end of life is the topic. I don't know if I've mentioned that yet in the podcast or not, but that's what we're going to be talking about. This is a very timely uh, thing. We at Alltech are kind of behind the ball on this because, you know, I was like, oh, we got plenty of time. And then I looked at the calendar. I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's June. This happens October 10th. So we're scrambling to get good. Obviously, I'm the marketing person. So I always make sure good communication is going out. I don't want just any communication to go out. So we're starting to send emails to clients. Uh, we're starting to prepare them for this. Um Jeannie and David, can y'all just give us an overview? I mean, most listeners, MSPs, they kind of understand, but you know, what is Server 2012 end of life? How would you know? How would you describe it? Uh, how are your uh, clients uh, preparing for this? So, uh, yeah, the um, Windows Server 2012. So this affects uh, the operating system Windows Server 2012 as well as 2012 R2, because that is a question that we have. Uh, has arisen when we've talked to MSPs. And basically, for those that don't, I think that everybody that's listening to this does know, but in case you don't, that means that you will, your customers will no longer be able to receive security updates, non-security updates, bug fixes, and technical support from Microsoft. So the software will still run, not that that's a good thing, but it'll still run. But again, it's it's not going to be protected anymore. Yep, spot on. Um, David, anything to add to that? No, I think that pretty much says yeah, it by itself. Not that, receiving security updates and stuff is big. Yeah. And, and the good thing, one hurdle to get through is, okay, well, what does that mean from our client's perspective? But the beauty of this whole thing is everybody listens to this, just went through a giant headache of doing this entire thing with Windows 7. Mm -hmm. to Windows 10. And we had to already overcome the hurdle of explaining. And obviously this happened in the past too, but that's the biggest one I remember in many years is like the Windows 7 and Windows 10 thing. And what does end of life support mean? And clients, you know, I'm sure almost every MSP listening right now got all of their clients to Windows 10 or 98% to Windows 10. And they got a lot of project revenue out of that. They potentially got more recurring revenue out of this. So even though it's a pain in the ass, it's also a huge opportunity to sell and to get your clients in a better spot. Like, why are they still on server 2012? Why do I still have 100 servers out there that are server 2012? That's not good. But it's hard to explain to a client, like, hey, we need to upgrade these servers. And they're like, why it's working. But now we have a, we have kind of a stick to say, well, Microsoft's literally stopping this, so we have to. So at least on the communication side, we've kind of gotten over a hurdle because of Windows 7, Windows 10. Um but how are you guys, you know, ex, you know, helping your MSP um, partners to communicate this to their clients? Like, what what is your, you know, uh, tips or advice on how they can approach um, talking to their clients, or even as a lead into prospects whose IT company might be like me and drop, dropping the ball, not being mm -hmm. as proactive. <laughs> Look out, they're coming after your customers. Uh, her. <laughs> Fortunately, I make pretty um, enough pictures to keep people to stay with me. There you go. Uh, no, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, one of the things is, is that um, 
people have to think that, okay, it's not going to stop working on, uh, you know, October 10th. That's when it is, October 10th, 2023. Um, but as time goes by and they have applications that are running uh, on server 2012, if they don't do something, if their customers don't do something, then eventually line of business applications, things like Microsoft Office, all of the applications that are running on that that server at the moment as they are upgraded won't at some point so this is a this is inevitable whether they do it now or don't do it now it's inevitable that they have to do it because their applications at some point in the future you know won't run on those servers however probably the most important thing is that you know, our MSP partners need to be communicating to their customers that they will no longer be protected. This is a huge security hole. Um, hackers are going to be studying and looking for vulnerabilities because as time rolls on, more vulnerabilities will become apparent and they will look for them. And they will then, you know, put their software spiders out, whatever they call them. I don't know, but they put those out there and they will look for these holes. And when they find these holes, they're going to go right into those servers and they will exist, especially over time. So they have to be communicating that this is very important that they upgrade, that it is a security breach if they don't. And the way you described it is good too, because like a non-technical person owner is like, well, how does it make me not secure? Like what is security updates? It's like, okay, there's vulnerabilities that are going to be found on your server 2012. And if those aren't being patched, the bad guys are looking for that on these specific servers that you currently have. Like, you know, that's a way anyone can be like, oh, okay. So that's why updates are important. Like that's why patches are important. You know, it's, it's ex explained in a really well non-technical way. So yeah, that, and, and it's not exactly like 2012 or even R2 was, even if it's fully patched, it's got security. The, its design is got security flaws and, and holes that they've since fixed in newer versions of, of the operating system. But even if 2012 is fully patched, it's still got vulnerabilities. That's just a fact. I didn't even know that. And that's a solid piece that I'm going to make sure I add to my collateral. <laughs> so uh, thank you, <laughs> no. David. It's like in general, this is a less secure operating system. Like at the best case scenario, it is not as good as what you need. Exactly. That's that's spot on. And so, you know, of course, we are coming down to a time crunch here. So what are what can MSPs communicate to their clients? I'm like, well, what is that? Because the first thing the client's gonna say is, okay, well, wh what does that even mean? And what do we do? So in the what do we do category what are the options for an MSP to communicate to their clients? Like, okay, well, these are, these are your four options. Now, of course, before I even ask that question, I want to preface a little, as the MSP, we really know our clients, we are coming with a, this is what's good for you. And a lot of that from what we're seeing is you need to move to the cloud. We do not want to replace your physical server on site. So a lot of times that's what we're going to with our clients, but at the same time, they may want to know, all the options. And as the technical team, we're coming with a preferred or recommended or a highly recommended option. So just to preface before we dive into the to that, what are the the options that the MSP can present to clients? Uh, yeah, sure. So um, 
The main options are, okay, I'm going to go with a funny one first, and that is purchase extended security support. And I think anybody that's listening to this is probably laughing at that. So <laughs> I know Tom did. When I mentioned that, Tom's like, we are not saying that. I'm like, all right, fair enough. Yeah, perfect. No problem. <laughs> like, he was like, no, Tom's the owner of Alta. He's like, no, no, no. I was like, cool. I mean, that sounds exactly. Great. So I don't need to say anything more about that. I don't need to say anything more. Um, uh, you can upgrade the hardware. That's one thing. So if you've got a server that's really an actual physical server that's not quite at end of life, um, you can upgrade it maybe with more RAM, maybe with additional processors, but it, it, that's possible, but it's, it's not probable because, you know, the reality is, is that if you have a server sitting out there that is running 2012, it's probably old. I mean, mm. it probably is. So yeah. um, the reality of that hardware and the server staying reliable because of its age is not very high. So you're going to basically be talking to your client about, hey, let's upgrade your server. And then literally within a year or two, you're going to have to go through this again and your customer is not going to be happy. So it's something they can do, but it's not something that I would recommend to my client if I were an MSP, just because it's not going to last for very long. So in that situation, you mean like upgrading the virtual server on the, on the older hardware? type thing. Well, I'm talking about more of a, you have an on-prem server sitting in an office mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's old, it's running a version of, you know, it's running 2012 and you want to yeah. upgrade the hardware. Gotcha. So let's put in okay. more Ram or let's put in more oh, processors, okay. that type of thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, of course, if they have on-premise servers, they can replace the servers. Um, no real issues with that, except for um, significant capital expenditures to your to your clients, especially as we're going into a recession here. This is, you know, cash is, is king, as they say. So we want to make sure a lot of clients are probably making sure that they're not spending that capital. Um, time to get the servers. Um, it, it's still a process right now to be ordering those physical servers. So trying to get them is not easy to do, especially if you want to try to get something that is, is good for your client and not just what's available out there. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of downtime. David can, can explain this in more detail, but there's a lot of downtime during transition when you're upgrading an on-premise server, uh, learning curves and installation fees and so forth. Um, it, there's just a lot to upgrading or going to a new physical server. And again, like you said, this is a great time to be suggesting a move to the cloud because the cloud has no capital expenditures. Um, it's going to reduce the hardware maintenance um, for your clients. Uh, the scalability uh, is, you know, is there. You can, you know, increase RAM, increase storage whenever the client needs it. Mm -hmm. uh, there's redundancy. So there's a lot of, you know, uh, disaster recovery, business continuity, uh, improved collaboration, increased security. There are so many benefits to a cloud server versus an on-premise server. It's really uh, kind of funny. We have a lot of documents out on our academy um, that explain the differences and how you should approach the differences between an on-prem server and a cloud server but mm -hmm. those are the main differences when we're looking at um server 2012 uh, upgrades of what currently exists and what they can go to that's that's spot on david anything anything else you wanted to add there that was a really fantastic recap no i think that was a really good recap and, and yeah. the reason i wanted to bring Jeannie and david on in this episode to talk server 2012 i could talk to a lot of people about server 2012 but at the end of the day what is all tech stance and what is the larger MSPs I talk to stance? 
we don't want to be putting physical servers on a site anymore. Like, I think that is where we all know the market is heading. And I think a lot of MSPs aren't totally comfortable with that. So I think that's why having the cloud experts on to explain this and, and also me just backing that, yes, this is, this is our recommendation to the vast majority of clients is moving to a cloud environment in some form or fashion. Um, so moving on to that, cause that was a really good, those are the options. I think one thing that, you know, one of the reasons y'all built the Academy is cause you get so many questions on what is the process of moving to the cloud. I know it was very great for us. It's great for a lot of MSPs that I, um, cause I, I have the fortune of talking to lots and lots of MSPs now and, and it's a gray area. Like, well, what does that even mean? How do I do it? You know, do they need a crazy fast internet? Like, which we'll get into the, to some of the the facts about it too. But since y'all are the cloud experts, how does that process work? Like if somebody's like, okay, I have a physical server here. My client has a physical server here. I do not want it physical anymore. I want it in the cloud, physical cloud. Like what, how do we take that? It's to just, that? it's magic. It's just it's like that. Just like you're, just like you're doing. It's just, it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. It just happens. There's, there's no, there's, there's nothing else that needs to be done. It's just a magic wand. So, so kind of walk us through that, you know, as systematically as possible, kind of step-by-step, step, like what does the MSP do? What does the client sign off on? What do you guys do? And when I say, what do you guys do? This is what y'all do in your process, but it's going to be similar in a lot of situations. So this, I think laying out y'all's process is just going to be very um, good advice for anyone trying to approach this. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've done it now for many years and we've done many, many of these. The, the, the best thing is if, and it happens, you know, probably 90% of the time, if the existing servers are healthy, the technology has gotten to a point where that server can be replicated uh, up to the cloud uh, over time without the customer even knowing it's happening. So basically you're making an exact duplicate of that physical or on-premise server, whatever it is, and it's just copying all the data up and, and you don't need a super fast internet connection because there's compression and data deduplication and all that stuff happening. The end result is that you get an exact copy of that server up in the cloud over a period of a day or a week or whatever, how much data they have, however long it takes, but nothing changes. They're still using their servers. They're still doing what they need to do. And then once you have the exact copy and it's just replicating changes, then when the client is ready or at night or on a weekend, you can cut that, that final server over in 15, 30 minutes and they're in the cloud. You didn't have to reinstall any applications. You didn't have to reset anything. You might have to change your DNS settings or something and that's it. So that's how we approach it. And again, you know, 90% of the time um, that process works and it's the customer doesn't even know anything has really happened except the server is now in the cloud and it's not in their office anymore. That one's shut down. That was fantastic. So, Sorry. Go yeah. Ahead. Hey, Taher, I do want to say that this is a process that, that we here at cloud services for MSPs have, um, um, uh, what I want to say, it's, uh, 
perfected. Well, perfected. Yeah. yeah it, I mean, th this is something that it took us a long time to do. And this is one of the reasons why we do this for our MSP partners. Uh, we will migrate those healthy servers up to the cloud for our partners because we are experts. We do them every single day and we know the pitfalls and we know the different software that should be used and we know what software should be used in situation A versus situation B. Um, it is our expertise. So uh, David made it sound very easy easy and it is very easy and the client will not know and they will hardly be down um, and we you know communicate with the MSP and the MSP communicates with the client and it is a very simple process to them on our end we're taking care of all that heavy lifting of getting that server up there so it's not something you're going to find with another cloud provider it's something that you find with us nice yeah because y'all do that like no cost right you just exactly yeah, yeah that's that's a solid every time I I hear that up kind of blows my mind, especially because I know the quality because we've for other listeners. I've known Jeannie and David now for seven years since I started at Alltech. They're really good friends. They're not just, you know, <laughs> a company that we're talking to. Like they're actually we like we go to quarterly meetings all around the, the country together with our peer group. They're just really good friends and we know the quality they do. So I just I they are well endorsed in my mind. Now, being a dumb person like me, um, when when someone Stop. is using their server on premise, right? They're like, okay, here's my file shares, here's my application here, and then it's then moved into the cloud. Do from the user perspective, do they need to go into a remote desktop now, or how do they access? No, not necessarily. No. I mean okay. that that's really dependent upon each each client. But if they're just doing file shares and they have like map drives or something similar that you're you're used to seeing uh, none of that changes the only okay. thing they they might notice and that's questionable depending on their internet speed is that it might take a second or two longer for them to save a file or open a file because it has to come across the the internet rather than being local but very rarely do customers ever even point that out because it, with the, with the technology now you just don't notice it um, if they're running you know, applications, QuickBooks, and things like that that aren't cloud uh, really friendly that were never designed for the cloud. It doesn't mean you can't put them in the cloud, but that's when you use like a remote desktop uh, to basically allow that to happen so that the speed of the internet isn't the factor. Um, and it, again, all that pretty happens pretty seamlessly. The customer really wouldn't notice much other than they probably have to log into another a session as they call it and put in another password but once they do that they have a windows desktop and you know they click on their quickbooks icon or whatever and then all that it looks exactly the same so there's very little change that's kind of the whole point of this is to try to make it painless for the end user right yeah and then they can take that laptop go somewhere else it's the same situation looks exactly the same there right yeah and then they don't have this this thing in the office making noise and oh wait the power went out and now we can't access our files or i need to work remotely and i can't because my application is hosted on a server on premise it's like to me because i'm like new age it right i've only been in this business for like seven years to me this seems obvious like because i don't remember every time every time i talk it's funny every time i'm in a meeting with people over 40 they're like dos dos DOS, you know, like people are just like DOS, 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 DOS. I'm like, like I don't know what that means, and I'm gonna laugh and smile. 
So it's like, you know, for me, I'm just like, well, yeah, like, of course we should all have white phones where we can take them wherever we go. And yet people still have like this big thing in their closet. That's an on-premise phone system. Like, wait, what? Like, to me, it's confusing because I'm like a millennial, you know, I'm 30 years old. And like, I'm like, yeah, why, what are we doing being stuck at a site? And then the pandemic happened and it's like, still there are people in these scenarios where it just confuses me. Now, all tech, we've been ripping out servers left and right because it makes our life easier. Um, so that's really helpful on the process. One thing I kind of want to do like a rapid fire last couple of questions here. Just some like rapid fire myth busting for the cloud. Like, I don't know if y'all, cause I know I've talked to Jeannie multiple times where she, she'll mention like a specific myth that MSPs or clients think of that it's like, nope, that's actually not true with the cloud. And and one being like internet, like everyone thinks you have to have like 500 over 500 fiber to even consider the cloud or whatever. So do y'all have any examples of like just myth, just myth busting? Maybe I can add yeah, in I like think a myth the, the high bandwidth here. is the high bandwidth is a great one to start okay. with. I mean, um, you know, especially if you're using, again, like a remote desktop type of solution, it's not even sending any data across the internet. It's just sending screen changes and keyboard and mouse, which is is nothing. I think it needs 47K or something to, mm. to have a session. So we've had people, again, we've been doing, we, we thought this made sense to her, like you were saying, since like about 2001. <laughs> so we were doing it back when dial-up internet was still a thing. And it even worked then. Yeah. The, the, the remote desktop protocol was designed back then for slow internet connection. Mm. So it's kind of ironic that people think you need a high bandwidth connection to use something that was built for a low bandwidth connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and 100 over 10 now, we're like, oh, that's terrible. Back, back then it was probably like, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. Any other like... Uh, any myth bust, any, anything else that you guys hear all the time that you're like, well, actually it's, it's very different than what you yeah, think. Yeah. I, I, I think one of the big ones is, is that uh, people think that uh, the cloud is less secure mm. um, because it's sitting up, you know, it's not in your location and you can protect it if it's right there in your location. But, you know, we used to have back when we were an MSB, we used to have a client that had floor to ceiling windows and people would break into their office uh, you know, they get one of the little things and hammer the window and they would have the computers gone before the cops. They had a security system before the cops could even get there. I mean, wow. it was it was and if they have all their data sitting on a computer in their office, it's gone. I mean, mm. you might have a backup or something, but hopefully. Uh, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's but, the other uh, thing. Instead of the DOS, it's like, oh, tape backups, tape backups. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah I got it, guys. <laughs> Exactly. Like I get it, y'all are old. All right, yep. I'm sure. Yeah, I know. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I hear Connor. it all, but no, no, yeah. <laughs> not you guys. Mainly in time but, I'm in a meeting with Tom. I'm like, all right, Tom. Yeah, Dos, Dos Dos tapes. Guys. But you know, yeah. But security <laughs> is a core function of a cloud provider. I'm going to say it's a core function of ours. I mean, we actually have a team that works on security and compliance on a daily basis because we are constantly at being up in the cloud, we're constantly exposed to threats. So we have to work daily to detect those malicious attacks and we invest in physical and network security. I mean, enterprise grade security, uh, encryption, constant monitoring. I mean, we are doing things that 
a normal MSP just isn't doing on the on-premise servers that their customers or customers can't afford to do that. That's one of the reasons why, you know, why cloud is more secure is just what we're doing to protect the cloud up in, in that environment. Um, yeah. That's spot on. I just a warning to anybody that wants to do it themselves because we built a we tried building our own infrastructure. And I know a lot of MSPs do this. And I've never heard an MSP that has done this where they build out their own data center type thing and they go, that was a good idea. Not once. Every time like we are we are getting people off of ours. You know, we had like three clients on there and it was just like massive upfront expense to get the servers, all of the things Jeannie's talking about right now that we're like. Well, we also have clients to deal with. We can't just focus on this, you know, and and so just a warning out there for anyone's like, oh, I'm going to build my own infrastructure. Like, I, I've never seen that go well, like <laughs> ever. Like, and I've, I've talked to a lot of MSPs that have, have tried that and, and and they're not happy with that. Anybody that thinks otherwise or has done it successfully, you know, that's cool too. Like, we want to hear your input as well. Like, if, if you have done this successfully, you know, definitely like ping me, send me a message. Um, we can get your input as well. But uh, But anyway... Uh, that's a good, any other, anything else on, on that before we move to the next question? Yeah, I think like uh, David can uh, expand on this, but a lot of times we get, well, I have, uh, my client has applications that just won't run in the cloud mm. and that is just not true. Okay. So, yeah, I think, you know, the problem with cloud is that people think the, the, the application has to be cloud enabled to work like a QuickBooks mm. online or something that was designed for the cloud, you know, just a few years ago or something. Um, you know, we've been running applications that even Microsoft said would never run in the cloud on cloud servers since uh, 2002, 2003. I mean, legacy uh, ERP applications and line of business applications, QuickBooks was a big one that Microsoft said you couldn't run in the cloud. It, it's just not not true. I, we've literally in our entire history, I think we found two applications that just flat out wouldn't run on a server in the cloud through remote desktop. And, you know, that we had to say, nope, those won't work and, and we're done. But it, it just uh, doesn't happen. They're, they're uh, applications or the, the whole remote desktop, the, the way Microsoft designed all this was for all these applications and they've done nothing but make it better over time, but the stuff works and we have hundreds and hundreds of MSPs doing it and, you know, running it every day without any problems. So we know it works. That's, that's great. And what about like, cause I know one thing that always, that I always hear is like the manufacturing clients with, they've got that like old machine that we don't, want to touch but we have to secure some you know i'm like that thing has some old application on it like yeah. do y'all ever run into scenarios like that yeah we do and and it depends upon uh what they're doing manufacturing is one of those um industries most of the time those applications are running you know on some local computer that has to be there anywhere for anyway for mm. whatever it's doing but it needs to report or connect back to a database or some other way that it's you know sending the data or saving the data or whatever and, and again that's just a vpn that's just a connection between mm. a computer and a server the, the the that computer has no knowledge of whether that computer is located right next to the computer or if it's a thousand miles away in the data center Right. It, it has it has no idea. It just transmits yeah. the data through IP and 
it just sends it. And okay, again, it may take a few more seconds or something to send it, but other than that, the computer has or the application has certainly no idea what what it's doing. And that that's kind of the key of the legacy stuff in general. This stuff doesn't load up and go, oh, I'm running in the cloud. I can't run. Mm-hmm. It, it just looks for the stuff that it needs. And as long as it sees processors and memory and storage and whatever else it's looking for, the database, it, it just runs. It doesn't doesn't care where it's running. It doesn't know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's manufacturing is one of those, a, a big, big myth. Accounting was always another big one, ERP. Again, that oh, it can only run locally. Microsoft would, would actually say that with their own applications, and it's just wrong. Yeah. Nice. That's fantastic. So we got a few minutes here. So I just wanted to do a quick, quick wrap up. And then I want to get it to Jeannie and David to kind of announce their academy a little bit as and, and, and some other pieces. But for the MSPs listening, one, this is coming up quick. I'm preaching to the choir. I need to be telling myself this. So make sure you're communicating to your clients on this. Jeannie and David have some really good resources for you on that. Um, two, make sure you know what's going to be best for your client. And if, if, if you're unsure about the cloud, Jeannie and David are awesome. So if you ask them a question, they're not going to immediately try and like sell you cloud services. Like it's like, they're like the coolest people in the world. So if you have a question about cloud, you really just need some clarity. They are the perfect Jeannie is the perfect person to go to. If it gets technical, Jeannie's good, but she's going to probably get David in too. So it's like the yin and the yang. It's the greatest combination ever. Um, and so the other thing I'll say is these things are massive opportunities. Like people, MSPs, I hear that they're like charging for cybersecurity questionnaires, right? Don't charge for those. Do them for free and then show your clients all the things they need. These are upsell opportunities. You've already been telling your clients about it, but now there's a force function happening where you can sell more. Same with this situation. This is a wonderful time where all those clients that have been thinking about cloud or thinking about getting that new server. Perfect. Here's a force function. Now you can add a lot of MRR by adding cloud and your clients are in a better spot um, and you have less points of failure, which is that loud thing on site there. So these are big opportunities. They really are um, to get your client in a better spot in a way that you've wanted to for a long time. Yes, they do make a lot of money. Like I know we've made a lot of money installing Windows 10s. Now our clients are in a better spot and we've made money. Like everybody wins in this situation, especially Microsoft. But uh, <laughs> last thing, because we've got two minutes here before Zoom cuts me off, which I really need to just get an account. I don't know what I'm doing. Um, Jeannie, you want to, Jeannie, David, y'all want to wrap up before we, uh, before we wrap up? Yeah. Yeah. I'll say, uh, first of all, the, again, what you said, this is a, a huge opportunity um, for those that have been in the IT industry for a long time. I'm going to equate this to the year 2000, uh, where you sat down in front of your clients and you said uh, it's the year 2000 and your computers are not um, you know, ready for the year 2000. Uh, here's your, basically, here's the, here's the agreement and they sign. It was that simple. That's, that's how the year 2000 went. And that's how this opportunity is. It's a great opportunity and a great time for uh, MSPs to uh, increase their MRR um, very easily. And, and again, like you said, I can help them to, to understand how to do that. Um, Yeah. I want to introduce our Academy. um, And we do have our Academy is for uh, MSPs, strictly for MSPs. MSPs. And again, it has, uh, it's, it's complimentary. Uh, all you have to do is apply. And the reason we're making you apply is because we just want to make sure that you're an MSP so that you are getting these resources and not, you know, your competition and so forth. Um, 
And uh, we do right now. I'm so excited. We have uh, the server 2012 end of life campaign. We just put it up there. Uh, It's got a it's got a guide. It's got a brandable video that you can put out on your website. Uh, It's got editable email templates. It's got infographics. It's got media posts. It is just it's some I am telling you that this would cost thousands of dollars for an MSP to purchase uh, and and be able to put this out on their um, on their websites and send to their clients and so forth. So, and this is free to our MSP partners. It's out on our sprout level, again, complimentary um, at this point. And it's, it's just something that if you're interested in this, you need to go out there now and, and get this and sign up. So it's real easy. Again, complimentary. I can't say that enough. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, guys, we, well, zoom did cut me off. So uh, just wanted to jump on real quick and do a conclusion to that episode. This is actually the next day, but a really great discussion from Jeannie and David. Uh, These are really good friends, great partners. Um, We just love what they do. So I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Um, Go grab that server 2012 campaign. It's free on their website. Um, I hope that was helpful. And uh, if y'all have any questions, you could obviously throw it at me or, or Jeannie or David. So thanks again so much for listening to the podcast. Seriously, we just are so grateful that this thing just continues to go and grow. And uh, thank you for taking the time because I know it's always a lot of time to spend with us. Um, We'll keep doing everything we can to keep this as high quality as possible. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next one.